Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. To the word this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray to get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Did I get a good amen? All right. Can you hear me clearly? All right. Uh, I, I, I just want to share thoughts with you, and um, I'll see how the Lord helps us living with an eternal perspective. Living with an eternal perspective. It's going to be brief. I'd like everyone to pay very close attention. I think that is very important. And um, living with an eternal perspective. I just want to remind us this morning that as children of God, that our lives do not end here. You know, we can be so caught up in the world and we think that this is all there is to life. And once in a while we have to remind ourselves that there is an eternity, an eternal perspective that a believer should live with. Perspective is everything about life. How you see things. If you come into church this morning and you perceive that someone doesn't like you, it's going to affect the way you act. It's going to affect where you sit. It's going to affect how you... You understand what I'm saying? You know some people always feel like uh, some people are talking about them. Just look straight. Your neighbor will know it's you I'm talking about. Right? And if they just see a group of people gathered somewhere, they'll say, it's me they are talking about. Did you hear your name? No. Did you hear anything? No. Say, why do you think they are talking about it? Say, I know. Just by the look, the way she looked at me and looked back, you started. It's perspective. Praise the name of the Lord. And the other people who don't care whether they are talking about them or not, and they see a group of people gathered, they will jump into the discussion even though they have no clue what they are talking about. How many of you know that's perspective? Perspective will change everything about your life. Perspective is defined two ways. Number one, a particular attitude towards or a way of regarding something. A point of view. A point of view. A point of view. A particular attitude towards or a way of regarding something. A point of view. How you see things. How you view things. That the Webster dictionary says the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. That's the one I like. Viewing things based on their importance. If you give your wife money to go to the market to buy things for soup, she's going to buy things based on her perspective. What's important to the soup, right? How many of you know if we go to the market at different times, uh, what we will prioritize will be different, right? To the perspective. You know, as I work with uh, a couple of people, I realize something. Right? I realize something. 
someone can say, this is very good, pastor. It's a very good chair, for instance. And then I sit on the chair and I realize it's not that good. What made the chair good? Their perspective. That's why you should be careful who you send on errands because they can buy whatever they think is good based on the way they are seeing it. Perspective defines everything. Perspective defines the reception of the word. I can be teaching right now and people are not paying attention. It's perspective. I can be teaching and someone pays keen attention. It's perspective. How you see things. How you see things. Honor is perspective. And unfortunately, our perspective can be colored based on what we interact with. If there's anything you need to change in your life, it's your perspective. How you see things. Remember the message I thought? How God judges things. Praise God. Are you here? How God judges things. How God sees things. One of the things I read about perspective said is a stand, just as the word stance point was once used to mean simply the physical place where you stand, but today also means the way you see things as a result of who you are and what you do, the same could be said of perspective. So we can say perspective is seeing things based on who you are and what you do. Perspective can be said to see things based on who you are and what you do. Who are you? How do you see things? How are you living your life? How are you living your life? You know, I, I realize that we are growing up in a world where we are living in a reactionary way. Let's say, for instance, you help a couple of people, right? And they are not grateful. How many of you have heard that? I'm not going to help people again because human beings are ungrateful. How many of you have heard that? I'm not saying how many of you have said that. I know you have said it. But how many of you have heard someone else say it? What's that doing to your character? You're becoming wicked because others are wicked. Not you. Somebody behind you. Right? How many of you have heard, I'm not going to church again because pastors are this. I know it's not you because you're in church today. But your brother... Right? What's happening? People are reacting and changing their image to become the very thing they negate. You shouldn't live a reactionary life. If you help someone and they were not ungrateful, it has nothing to reflect your heart. It's their heart. Are you here? If you went to a funny church, it's not Jesus. Find the right one. How many of you have bought bad meat before? And then you just decided, I'm not going to eat meat for the rest of my life again because the last cow I bought was bad. How many of you? None of you. You still went back the next week. And some of you, if you are buying bad meat every week, we realize that it's not the meat seller but your perspective. Maybe you're looking for something cheaper than usual. What I'm trying to say is don't build your life on reaction. Don't allow things control your life. The believer has a perspective that is greater than this earthly perspective. I wrote something on social media the other day, and we realized that uh, every day 
social media is controlling our life. We realize that social media is controlling people's life. Your life is not as bad as you think it is. Right? Your body is not as bad as you think it is. Your marriage is not as bad as you think it is. You know, we follow these social media influencers. They snap on all kinds of places. Snap on top of the aeroplane. Snap under the water. Kiss themselves all the time. And you feel like, oh God, if I can marry somebody like this. Three months down the line, they issue a letter. And you say, but I thought they were happily married. No, they showed you what you wanted to see. It's perspective. But how does the believer live? How should you shape your perspective? When Jesus came, he altered the perspective how things should be seen properly. We can see things from a human perspective or an eternal perspective. Colossians 3, 2. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Help me ask your neighbor, how are you seeing things? Ask them well, how are you seeing things? Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. We can read from verse 1 actually. Verse 1 says, Therefore, Right? If you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Number two, set your mind. Everybody say, set your mind. On the things where? Above. Not on the things that are on the earth. Where should you set your mind? Things where? Above. If I use the word set your mind, what does that verse tell me about who has power over the mind? Who has power to set their mind? God wouldn't tell you set your mind if you can't set it. He tells you where to set it. If you're in Christ, set your mind on things above. Get your mind there. Don't put your mind on the things on the earth. We shouldn't boast in carnality. You know how they tell people all the time. People ask questions that are very funny. Uh, can I do this? Can a Christian do this? Can a Christian do that? Can, you know, and all you're just looking for how much of the flesh you can accommodate and still be a Christian. Why are you not, re- why are you not asking, can a Christian heal the sick? It's always, can, can I drink small, but I will mix it with Coke? Why, why is that why is that the question you have to ask? When there are things that God has asked you as a believer to do, to speak in new tongues, to pick up deadly things and it will not hurt you, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, there is an adventure in the realm of the Spirit waiting for you. You are not asking those questions. If we are going out, we are almost getting married. The father knows me, the mother knows me, even the dog in your house knows when I come. Can we be kissing? Is that, is that, is that, is that... Is that your greatest dream? Set your mind on things above. You realize that everything you have on this earth will not count when you meet with God. We've talked so much about a loving God that we're forgetting that God will actually judge us. We don't talk about the judgment of God anymore. 
And you know the reason we don't talk about the judgment of God anymore? Because we don't really want to open our hearts to the fact that God will judge us. We, we just want to wish it away. Praise God. Hope you won't take my gift back. Just to be sure, so I can stop now. It's like, uh, well, since you are saying we should not mind the things of the world, we brought some things of the world for you. Don't touch whatever you have. Don't touch it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Alright. Amplified says, set your mind and keep focus habitually. This is what I like. Habitually. Constantly. Right? Amplified. On the things, the heavenly things above, not on the things that are on the earth, which are temporary value. Amplified. He calls the things of the earth temporary value. There's value, but it's temporal. How many of you realize that when you get anything on this earth, after a while, the value drops? How many of you remember the first time you got your car? If nobody... Can you get the Amplified there? Who is there? Put up the Amplified version. Right? How many of you, if your, your generation, nobody had a car before, you bought the first car, even though it was fifth hand. Not second, not third, not fourth. It's the fifth generation you bought it. Right? How many of you know that night you could not sleep? Right? You slept with the key... You heard any noise, you look. You passed it close to the window. Say, don't, don't close this window. Just leave it open. Right. After a while, when he said, are you not driving? He said, no, I'm not driving. I want to enter a bike. The value has dropped. You bought a new phone. Nobody could touch it. If it rings, don't pick it. Leave that phone. I will pick it myself. After a while, the phone is ringing, you will flip it. Let me tell you. Right. That thing in your heart right now you are desiring, when it comes, after a while, the value will drop. Oh, I can't wait to have my child. I can't wait to carry my baby. After a while, you'll be the one saying, go to the other room. Go, go, go to the other room. Go, go, my friend, go. You know, I was telling my wife, when I was coming back from the U.S., it's the noisiest plane I've ever entered in my life. I couldn't read. I couldn't do anything. I just had this baby close to us crying. The mother just buried the baby and just left the child. All the air hostess came, gave the child. And you know, these kind of children that I don't know where they are from except heaven. Gave them everything. Yogurt, you know. <laughs> so, the guy next to me was telling me that, ah, if this is your child, what will you do? <laughs> I said, what I will do, you don't want to know. But I mean, I'm, I, but I'm just thinking, I, maybe when that lady had that child, she wouldn't even allow anybody to carry the child. She still values her child, but it has dropped a bit. How many of you know when your parents cannot wait for you to come home? Where are you? Come to the house. Don't leave the house. Now they, are, they can't wait for you to leave the house. They have been thinking, when will you leave? Value has dropped. See, there's nothing in this earth that will satisfy you. You get married today, oh, I can't wait. Love of my life, honey, pumpkin, tomato, pepper, macaroni, call all the beautiful names. After a while. Oh, I can't wait to be with you. After a while, you'll be the one asking your wife, why are you not wearing clothes in the house again? Is that how you'll be walking naked? Now say, wear clothes. The same clothes you can't wait to pull. Now you can't wait to cover. Say, don't be leaving yourself like that. <laughs> Say, don't you like my body? I like it, but cover it. 
value. Nothing in this earth will satisfy you. I dare you. If not, rich people will not commit suicide. You know, some of you thought, if I could just get a job, now you have the job. If I could just get extra 20,000, now you have it. If I could just get married, now you're married. So why would you live your life just so this will be all of it? What next? After now? After the marriage, after the business, after the house, after the car, after everywhere, what else? I remember many years ago, I don't know what we're going to do in Uganda, and I was denied a Uganda visa. I don't time. Remember the story, it's so embarrassing. That's a couple of years back. But today, travel 16 nations of the earth. Right? That's it. That's it. Perspective. Set your mind on things above. The rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 27. We won't have the time to read the story, but just, uh, just share, share my heart with you. Go back, read, this, read the passage. I'm sure maybe I'll come back to this message again because I really need to build on it. In Mark 10, um, 27, 17 to 27, just, just write the scripture. Let me just talk so I can finish up. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus, ran, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, do this good. He says, I've kept all. How many of you know that if you see a man like that, you will feel like, yes, this is the model guy. Then Jesus told him, go sell all you have and give to the poor. The Bible says he went back sorrowful. He couldn't see things from an eternal perspective. Then Jesus said to him, go sell all you have and come follow me. He was the only person apart from the 12 apostles that Jesus gave an invitation for discipleship and he declined. How are you suffering? Many people wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus says, no, don't follow me. This one, Jesus said, hey, you know what? Go do this and come follow me. The Bible says he went back sorrowful because he had many possessions. Couldn't see things from an eternal perspective. You know, that's why sometimes today when the Lord places the call of ministry upon people, they feel like God had denied them their dreams. Right? You can see them feeling, if I was not a preacher, I know where I would have been. And some of us feel like that as Christians, that if I was not born again, I would really have enjoyed this life. You see, Christianity almost looks like a restriction. It's because of the way you're saying things. Living with an eternal perspective. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 says, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. The New Living Translation. If you have the New Living Translation, use that. It says, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Amplified says, if we who are abiding in Christ have only hopes only in this life, and this is all there is, then we are all people most miserable, right? And so be pitied. If we who are abiding in Christ have hope only in this life, and that's all, then we are all people most miserable. If this is all about life, then we are to be pitied. First Corinthians 3.13, Paul says, But on the judgment day, fire will reveal 
what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if any person's work has any value. The New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. That our works will be judged. And, you know, I'm conscious of it every day. That what we do will be judged. We can't just leave, say, but on the judgment day, the fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. I want to ask you something this morning. If you stand before God, what will you present to Him? I bought two cars and I shipped them. Or what will you... You know, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm just feeling like in my heart on the judgment day, I'll just go through mine very quickly and just want to watch what will happen. I'm just watching what we people present to the Lord like, God, you did not know this house in Lagos. Do you know Lagos? Or like, God, I traveled around the world. Like, oh, you know what, God? I finally got an American passport. Jesus Christ. Or you're going to say, you know what, God? I was so good with the stock market, I made a million dollars. I'm just imagining... Standing before God, what would you show him? What would you... Or you're going to say, you know, Jesus, finally, here is my wife. I know you never met her, but I'd like to introduce my beautiful wife to you. The most beautiful woman in the world. You know, every man marries the most beautiful woman in the world. Every man. <laughs> One time, I was in school, and they would introduce our choir. Say, welcome the world's best choir. <laughs> <laughs> uh. One day I told them, I said, See, this thing, you both should be toning down. Eh? Then they were Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir in those days of cassettes. He said, No. So everybody married. Is that what you're going to, or you're going to show the Lord your children? Like, God, you never saw triplets like this. What are you? Go- I'm asking you. You stand before God today. What would you show that you used your life for? Like God, we went on vacation. Man, you need to see. You need to come, come, come. Once in a while, this heaven is so boring. Have you ever been to Bahamas? Oh, you are just going to say, Lord, I was so enjoying this Nollywood film. I wish you were Nigerian. What will you show? It's amazing if we look at our lives. Maybe we have not been conscious that there's something to actually offer to the Lord. What will the Lord try in your life? What works? You know, there's a song that used to say, Will I meet my Savior empty-handed without a soul? Just ask a quick question. When last did you preach to someone? Just a quick question. When last were you conscious of somebody else's soul? Right. I know that this is I mean, a day of rejoicing, and I, 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 I bless God for that. But if we, if we look at the fact that God gives us life every day, then we also need to be conscious, why is God doing it? What does He gain from our lives? Are you following me this morning? Say amen. Don't worry, I'll close now. First Timothy 4, 8 says, Having the promise of this life that now is and of that which is to come. I just want you to be conscious. 
I don't want you to leave this service just thinking this is also life. Serving God is not a punishment. Grateful to God that God will give me the opportunity to use the whole of my life to serve, to preach, to teach the gospel. It doesn't come without a cost. It doesn't come without a cost. Right? It doesn't come without a cost. But I'm grateful that God would allow me to use the totality of my life. And you know, people look at me all the time and say, we like your commitment to go to the things of God. And I'm like, you've not seen anything yet. You know, I remember last time I was a traveler, my little daughter, she was almost crying. Like, do you have to go again? I have to sit her down. I say, you know what, girl, this is it. This is the life. It's sacrifice for my family. It's sacrifice on my path. I have to fly all kinds of planes. <laughs> I was telling Pastor Mary, I mean, this last trip I had, it had gone very terrible weather. I, had, I hardly pray on planes. If I tell you I pray, know that it was bad. But we have to drive the plane again. We have to go. I'm not saying everybody has to be like me. I'm just saying be conscious of the decisions you're making with what? An eternal perspective where you are. Luke chapter 18 verse 28. Peter asked Jesus, we have left all to follow you. Jesus said in verse 29, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. For the sake of the kingdom of God. Everybody say for the sake. I didn't hear that. For the sake of the kingdom. How do you live with an eternal perspective? Do everything you're doing for the sake of the kingdom. Let it be the kingdom. Right. It says... We fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Just a quick reminder. Just a quick reminder. Stumbled on this. Right. I'm going to switch this message again. The Lord giving me the opportunity. I'll just build on it. But, you know, First Timothy says that we came into this world with nothing. Right? And we're going to live with how many things? How many things? I didn't hear that. How many things? Are you sure about that? That that's what the Bible says? That we came into this world with nothing? And we're going to live with how many things? How many things are you going to live with? Are you conscious of that? You live in that way. You know, Jesus says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. You know, we have to remind ourselves this thing. If not, we would have a chase that doesn't have an end. First Timothy 6, 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with this, we shall be content. I want to challenge you this morning. Don't indulge your flesh. Don't, don't, don't indulge the ephraim. There's a higher life. There's a higher purpose. Once in a while, pull yourself and tell yourself, it's okay. This pursuit, it's fine. Just, just once in a while. If not, it's a race that doesn't end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm writing a new book now. You know what the title of the book is? The Scene of Ingratitude. Because you see, people, people just complain all the time. You know, when we're, <laughs> I was in the U.S., we had to stay close to, just to save some cost. So we're walking to the conference. 
And there was lots of homeless people under the bridge and all of that and all of that. So my, my friends that both of us working together, I say, it's not only in Nigeria, we have people that are homeless. We also have some here. And we now ask ourselves that if we, if we are in this country, how can we be homeless? Country where everything is working, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Some of us don't have any reason in this life to complain at all. Where you are today, in your widest imagination, you never thought you would get there. Why don't you stay grateful? For some of us, if God does nothing for our life again, that if He does not do perform one more miracle, we're fine. Two things I want to challenge you this morning. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Just develop it. Be content with life. For the man of faith, time will work in your favor. Right? Some of you saw my post. Right? Remember early days when we got married? I used to tell Pastor Mary that I would go to Southwest Believers Convention. I will go to Southwest Believers. For you to know that that's a life dream, you should tell you where I'm coming from. It took 23 years to believe for it. Believing for it means having the finances for it, having the finances for my hotel, having the finances for my ticket. It took me 23 years to believe for it. What's the next thing I'm believing God for? Two things. Right? So as you sow your seed this morning and give your gift, two things I want you to Put your faith and believe God. I'm believing the Lord to grant me an opportunity to minister to military people. The Lord has laid that very strongly in my heart and I'm putting my faith on the line. That a door to military people will happen. I don't care whether it's Nigerian military, military, anywhere. But I just feel that that, that's a field where I want our word and our message to get into. And number two, realize that there are over 43 islands on the earth. Several islands, okay? We can start with Bonnie Island. But I believe that those islands need the word of the Lord. And I'm putting my faith on the line for that. And I know that soon the Lord is going to cause those doors to be open. But live with an eternal perspective. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We're grateful for the gift of life. We're grateful for the challenges we get from scriptures. Lord, we thank you for Another wonderful day and another wonderful congregation that you've set, giving us the opportunity and the privilege to pastor and to lead. Someone else could have been standing here. And so many people could have been more qualified to do this assignment. But we're grateful that you find us worthy, put us into the ministry. And I pray, Father God, that this short exhortation will challenge the hearts of every individual, that we will live with an eternal perspective, that our choices will be shaped by the fact that beyond this world, there's another life that you've called us into. And Lord, we pray that we will be grateful. We will be happy. We will be excited about this journey of faith. It will not be boring. It will be an adventure of joy with you. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This will be the shortest message I've preached in this church, right? All thanks to Pastor Mary. Let's appreciate Pastor Mary. Amen. Praise God.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.